in the book of First Kings, chapter 18. First Kings 18. I'm going to read verse 41. First Kings chapter 18, verse 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast him down upon the earth, and put his face between his knees, and said to his servant, Go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go up again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there arises a little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And he said, Go up, say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot, and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain. And Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. And the hand of the Lord was on Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran before Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Take with that for just a moment. And let's go now to the book of James, uh, chapter 5. James, chapter 5. And I want to begin to read and uh, verse uh, 16. Keep your finger now back in 1 Kings, chapter 18. We'll be going back there in just a second. And James, chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man subject like the pastors that we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three and uh, years and six months. And he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth a fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth a sinner from the air of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. And keep those verses in mind. Let's go back now to 1 Kings chapter 18 and I want to begin uh, by prayer, please. Heavenly Father, we're so glad we're saved tonight. We're so glad that you called us by your grace to preach thy word to a lost and dying world. But Father, I believe in prayer. And I know there's a lot of people right now that's sick and ill and just got body ailments. But not only that, Lord, but we have great problems going on in this country that I believe that only you can handle. And family problems. And there's just problems on every side, it seems like, that is humanly impossible to have to take care of. But we know one that can. And Lord, I believe the failure is on our part. And that is a failure to pray. And I ask you, dear God, to teach us from thy word tonight the importance and how to pray and get the job done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want you to notice, let's back up now, uh, to 1 Kings chapter 18 and verse 36. And it came to pass at the time of the offering of Eden's sacrifice that Elijah the prophet came here and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, of Israel. Let it be known this day that thou art God in Israel, and that I am thy servant, and I have done all these things 
at thy word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God, and that thou hast turned their heart back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell. Did you know there's only 63 words in that great prayer? That's amazing to me every time I read it. 63 words. I have been in prayer meetings where somebody would stand and they would pray for 30 minutes, it seemed like. They'd pray for the dog and the cat and everything else in the world. And, and uh, when they get through, somebody, I, I would say, what do they pray for? I mean, what's, what's the point? You know? And, and I read this prayer and I look at it and just 63 words and God worked. Amen? So I believe there's great power in prayer. When Elijah told Ahim that there was a sound of abundance of rain in verse 41, there had as yet been no sound audibly of the human ear. Elijah had only heard the sound of the hearing of faith. Galatians 3 and verse 2 said, <coughs> This only will I learn of you. Uh, receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith. Psalms 25 verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him, and He will show them His covenant. Amos 3 7. Surely the Lord will do nothing, but He revealed His secret unto His servants, the prophet. In Acts chapter 22 and verse 9, Paul, at his conversion, uh, asked, Lord, what would you have me to do? In 1 Kings chapter 18, records two prayers that Elijah prayed. One was in public for fire in verses 36 and verse 37. The other was in private for water in verses 42 to verse 46. What I want us to see tonight is Elijah on the mountaintop along with God and praying for the showers that he poured out upon a thirsty land. And what kind of prayer was this prayer? Number one, it was a prayer of faith because it rested upon uh, God's own sure promise. Now go back please to 1 Kings chapter 18 and look at verse 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Now, I want you to get this. That's a sure promise from God. It's going to rain. Amen? He already said so. And I ask this question. Well, then why ask Elijah to pray for rain if God's going to send rain in him? He already said he's going to send it. Amen? Now, I want you to watch something. First uh, Kings records two prayers, uh, one in public, one in private. Now, it was a prayer of faith, though. Uh, when we pray, we need to be sure our petitions are founded upon the promises of God then, so that we are praying in accordance with God's will. For three and a half years, there had been no rain. Now Elijah asked God to send rain. And upon it, uh, what ground did Elijah make this prayer? It was upon the ground of God's own promise. God had told Elijah, I will send rain, verse 1. Now, Elijah also asked God to do that which was clearly God's will then. 
Answers to prayer are conditioned upon our praying in accordance to God's will then. We can know God's will and be sure of it. Somebody said, I can't know what God... Yes, you can. You can know God's will. He reveals it by His Word and by the Holy Spirit. You want to know something that what God wants you to pray for? You don't know what God wants you to do? The Bible will tell you. It's the Word of God. God will speak to your heart. And also by the Holy Spirit. Now I want to show you something. Turn with me please to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And I want you to look at verse 14 and verse 15. For this is the confidence we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He heareth us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. So we can know. Amen? Now, turn with me to Romans. Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. And I'd like for you to look with me, please, in verse 26 and verse 27. Likewise, the Spirit, and that's the Holy Spirit, is capitalized. Also, have thy infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we all, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So these two portions of Scripture that I just read tells us that we can know God's will. Number one, by God's Word. And number two, by the Holy Spirit is in us. Now the question is, why did Elijah need to pray for rain? If it was God's will to send rain anyway, now, because God ordained it that we should pray. Now I want to show you something. Turn with me to Ezekiel. Over in the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 36. And I'd like to read verse 24 and just read down a little bit. If you would, please. Verse 24. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols. And I will cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall know my judgment and do them. And you shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers. And you shall be my people and I will be your God. And I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn and will increase it and lay no famine upon you. And I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field, that you shall see no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Now I want you to watch something, please. Go on down to verse 37. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this inquire, uh, be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. Now all I just read you in the book of Ezekiel is about the children of Israel, and God said, I'm going to do this thing for you. I'm going to provide these things for you. But then he come down and he said, But I require that you ask it for me. God said, I'm going to do it. But he said, You need to pray for it. So God requires prayer. Now the question is, 
Why did God need to pray for Elijah need to pray for rain? Because God told him to. Here's the Lord's promise to do a great many things, and then in verse 37 he said he will do it in answer to prayer. Therefore the prayer of faith rests upon God's word. It will behoove us then, therefore, to study God's word and to pray accordingly to God's word. Now let me show you something. Do you know why I love to win souls? You know why I pray all the time, Lord, save that person. You know why I pray that prayer? Because I know it's God's will to be saved. God says He wants the whole world to be saved, John 3.16. If it's God's will, then if people be saved, then I, then I know if I pray for somebody to be saved, then I'm going to get my answer to prayer. Amen? And I could go on and on. Do you know the Bible says to pray for the sick? Then I got a right to pray for the sick. If somebody's sick, I can pray. I know that's God's will then. Amen. So what we need to do then, first of all, is study God's will word to see what God gets. In other words, what I'm saying is, you know how to get prayer answered? Get in on it with God. Get what God wants done. Get in on it. Now listen, verse 42. It was a prayer offered in secret place from the noise of the destruction of this world. You know what I think a lot of our problems are? People don't get alone anymore. They don't get in a quiet place anymore. I was over at my lake place today, and, and I sat on the front porch a little while. My back's been about to kill me, and I just wanted to sit down somewhere and rest without a phone ringing or people talking or anything. I thought I'd just sit there in my easy chair and sit there and look at that beautiful water and, and the quietness of the birds. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. We all need a quiet place. We all need a place where we can get along with the Lord and get everything else out of the way. And Elijah got along with the Lord in verse 42. Now, what a relief for Elijah to get alone in the presence of God after all the noise and excitement of the previous uh, chapter 18. Psalms 46 and verse 10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Not many people are ever still long enough today to hear from the I am, the God that can answer prayer. Now, the reason I believe most Christians do not pray enough today is because they don't understand how to pray or get to God. Now, number one, prayer is simply talking with Jesus. That's prayer. Just talking to Jesus. Prayer is an offering up of our desires to God for all things lawful and needful with humble confidence that God will grant to us our petitions we ask of Him. For instance, somebody comes to me and says, Pray that God will just strike my husband dead, or pray God will strike my wife dead. I ain't going to pray for you that. <laughs> that ain't the will of God. Amen. And and you come to my office and say, Preacher, will you pray God will strike my wife my husband? No, I ain't praying for you that, because I already know that ain't God's will. Amen. Now listen to me. We need to understand in prayer is getting in and, and knowing that we're talking to the Lord Jesus Christ and our desires are lawful. I had a lady come forward one Sunday morning. She was sincere as she could be. 
And she come forward and I went down to pray. I said, ma'am, can I pray with you about something? She said, yes, sir. I want you to pray I'll win the lottery. And I said, I ain't going to do it. That's gambling. Yeah, look at some of you. I see your chin fell. Some of you been gambling. See that right off. But uh, I'm not going to pray you win the lottery. Amen. Somebody's talking to me today about winning. Uh, sometime winning the lottery. I said, you can't win if you don't play. Amen. I ain't going to do it. And I ain't praying for you to win either. It's because it's not the will of God that we should gamble. And so I can know these things. And what I'm saying is, if you're going to pray for something, be sure that it's lawful to the Word of God. Amen? Now, I believe it's lawful for that. I pray for you, you're sick, and you be healed. I believe it's lawful in the eyes of God that I pray that somebody gets saved. I believe it's lawful in the will of God I pray for marriage to get back together. And there's just a lot of things that's lawful to the Word of God that I can go there and know that I can pray about that and God will hear me. Amen? Now, number three, prayer is worship addressed to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Where I read you in Romans, hold to go. Listen to this, Romans chapter 8. Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. For the Spirit itself make it intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. You ever heard somebody pray, Lord, give me patience. Not me. I'm not going to pray that prayer. You know why? I read over here in the book of Romans, you pray for patience, God will send you tribulation. You know why? Tribulation worketh patience. It'll teach you to behave yourself and get some patience. And so, uh, you got to be careful because I don't know what I want. I don't even know what's good for me. But the Holy Spirit in me does. And I pray something and I ask God for it, but the Holy Spirit interprets that and gives the praise to the water. But because, listen, and verse 27, and He, that is the Holy Spirit, that searches the heart, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because He maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I might pray, Lord, give me a million dollars. God knows I can't handle a million dollars. But He knows I might handle a thousand, a hundred, or something. He knows what I need. Amen? Listen, prayer should consist of at least four parts. Number one, it should consist of an adoration. That is, praise and worship of Almighty God. Psalms 95 and verse 6. You know what? When I go to pray, you might not do this, but I do in my... I, I did. I was talking to a preacher one time. He said, now you've got to be careful now, preacher. You say you approach the throne room of God and you try to picture God's throne room when you pray. I said, that's right. Oh, you ought not do that. He said, yeah, that's our worship. I said, for crying out loud, what do you pray for then? What are you praying to? Amen. I'm praying to all my... And I try to picture God in His holiness, God in His might, God in His strength, and His throne. And the Bible, book of Hebrews said, I can approach that by faith. And when I'm... Listen, I'm going to tell you something. When I'm praying, I'm approaching Almighty God by faith. Amen. I just believe He had all power. And I want to thank Him, Lord, thank You for Your power to start off with. Thank You for Your goodness. That's the adoration. Number two is confession. Did you know Psalm 32, 6 
And the book of Matthew tells us if you've got sin in your heart, God's not going to hear you. You've got to get that sin out and get it from, from all known sin. Confess it to God and get it took care of under the blood. And then thirdly, supplication. That's intercession, requests, petitions, desires. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus says you have not because you ask not. Think about that. Again, ask and you shall receive. How simple. Listen. Again, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Someone says God answers big prayers and little prayers. I don't think He is in little prayers. I just really don't. I think every prayer is a great prayer. Amen? I mean, I'm, I'm approaching Almighty God. I believe in great and big, mighty things. And asking God for, and God will hear me and answer. Now, I believe, and, and I, I wanted to say all that to get to something. We're in trouble in this country, home-wise. And you know something? Did you know that God ordained the home before He ordained the church? Did you know that? The home comes first. And there's no church any greater than the homes that's in it. And you know what we need to pray for first? The homes. And now we're having... Uh, I was talking to somebody today. I do not understand a man and a woman having babies. A young man today, me and my wife, helped him and, and the, the, the woman he's with, and they just had a little baby boy. And they're not married. I don't understand that. I don't go along with that. But I want to help the little baby and help them. But at the same time, you know what? It's time men took the place in the home they ought to take. And it's time the woman is, it won't have nothing to do with a man until she gets that ring on her finger. Amen? That's serious business. And we need to pray for that. And we need to pray for those things that need to be done. We need to pray for our homes and then we need to pray for the churches all across this country. And pastors that will stand in the pulpit with the old Bible and preach the Word of God. I preached a funeral this week and the pastor was supposed to be in charge and he come in and didn't even have a Bible with him. To preach a funeral? What are you going to tell the people? And you know what? He turned to me and he said, Do your thing. I did. I got my Bible up and preached. Amen? Amen? From the Word of God. What I'm saying is we need to pray for pastors Oh, in every church of God that's preaching the Word of God, that they will stick to the Bible and preach the Bible. Did you know there's no place in the Bible that I can find that i got to prove the Bible's the Bible? You know what the Bible tells me to do? Preach it. That's all i got to do. It'll get the work done. All i got to do is preach it. And we need pastors that are standing pulpits today and everywhere they go that they represent God and preach the Word of God. And I believe prayer can change that. I believe prayer can get them back to it. We need to pray for our country and the leaders of our country. I don't like the leaders of our country right now. I'll tell the whole world that. But I guarantee you one, I'm going to pray for them. I'm not going to cuss them out and carry on and, and say, I'm going to kill that booger. I'm going to get rid of him. No, I'm not. If I go before God and I ask Him, Lord, uh, do what you got to do to change this country through the leaders of our country. And you know what? I believe God can do it. I really do. 
And I'm looking forward to it. What I'm asking you to do, let's get back to praying. Just praying. It's enough talk. You know, people get together and they get discussed everything in the world. And when they get through, they ain't said nothing. I listened to the news the other night a little bit, and I got plum sick of hearing them. All they're doing is talk, talk, talk. When they got through, they ain't said nothing. Nothing in the world. You know what? If we pray for them and hold them up before God, God can change them or remove them and get the job done. I believe that I love our country. I love what God is doing. But I'm going to pray, and I'm going to ask God, Listen to this verse one more time, and I want to show you a little something about the verse. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I read that scripture over and over one day, and I got looking at it. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. And I said, Lord, I'm a sinner. Saved by the grace of God. I'm only righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. The only right that I got to pray in righteousness is in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Any child of God can pray in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and God will say, What did you say? I'm listening. Amen. And He will answer. And you know what I've learned? He answers in three ways. And I know you've heard this thousands of times probably. But God answers yes, no, or wait a little while. You know, He always answers every time. But He says yes, or no, or wait a while. And He always answers. That's the reason I love to pray. Get something done. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I ask You for the Holy Spirit's guidance and convicting power that you'll convict us daily to pray for people. I look at this prayer sheet and I think every Wednesday night we stand here and read off these names and we ask people to pray for these people that's on this prayer sheet. And I'm amazed at how many people call in this church as members and not members and ask for prayer for these people. And it's, it's a sin not to pray for them. And I pray, dear God, that you let us remember that and hold them up and hold up our country and our church and our families. In Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Thank you very much.